0: Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence. I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose.
1: Listening to episode 19 of Fadeless, a podcast devoted to the Showcase Network's supernatural series Lost Girl. Now also appearing on Sci-Fi. My name is Dave, and as always, I'm here with Wayne. What's up, Dave? How yeah, you doing? I'm doing great. Not uh, two weeks in between podcasts this time. Yeah,
0: no, it's still nineteen. That's crazy. I can't believe it.
1: Well, we go from the hurricane where uh, I've got water coming in all the windows to a uh, pretty bitter cold to now this last few days, it's been like 65. I washed my car yesterday.
0: Nice. Yeah. This is the time of year when uh, I, I actually just closed off all the outside faucets and all the, you know, drained out the water. Uh, Cause the one year uh, my neighbor called me at, at work and said, um, you have like a jet of water spurting out of the front of your house. You might want to go check it out. And, you know, the outside pipe had burst and it was uh wasn't too bad. You know, it was outside, luckily not inside, but still, you know. Right. Just no another thing, thing to fa- take care another of. Another thing to take care of, exactly. So, so but yeah, these people aren't listening here, here's you know, complain about our houses. They're just complain about NBC. <laughs> well, that's true.
1: Now, before I forget, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it at the end because uh, you know, we've certainly Mentioned this several times that that you know we know how we are so we try to talk about Lost Girl at least in the first half of the podcast so that the people that you know don't want to hear us babble on about the other stuff but uh, you know I mentioned to you uh, yesterday or, or today rather that uh, added something to the website to where our listeners can go on there there's a there's a big tab on the right side of the podcast to send us a voicemail so. Look, I can't believe you guys don't have something to say about either what we're saying or just, you know, your feelings about the show, because we'd love to get them in the podcast. So uh, go to our website, it's podcast at uh, gmail.com. I'm sorry, that's the email, or the website, which is fatalists.podbean.com. Uh If you go to iTunes, there's a link to the website there. So check it out. Uh, you can use the microphone right on your laptop,
0: and you know, send us something we can play. Yeah, there's a little tab there right on the website that says "Send Voicemail," and so if you want to hear yourself, like I said, every week, pretty much, uh, you're almost guaranteed to. Uh, I know you sound a little bit pathetic begging like this, but you know, it's like, it'd be cool to hear from our listeners. It's, well, you know,
1: well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's look, I mean, you and I obviously uh, disagree on a lot of things related to, you know, the shows we're talking about I and mean, we agree on some things, but, and, and that was certainly the nice thing about when, when Danielle comes that it gives a third, third voice. So, and, and that's kind of what we're looking for out of the listeners. Get that, that extra
0: voice. Yep. Yeah, so go on, click the tab, talk, And uh, you'll hear yourself a couple days later.
1: Yeah, so uh, what have you been watching? Other than Supernatural, because I'm sure...
0: Well, you know, just the things we've been talking about pretty much every week. Nothing really new. Completed my rewatch of The Walking Dead. And uh, so... I got some zombie news for you when we do that in a second. Okay, cool.
1: Um, And then you've got, as I recall, I forget what it was, but one non-sci-fi show that... uh,
0: well, yeah, I watch. It's I do watch to Keep Castle. your marriage together. Yeah, well, no, I, mean, I just Castle is still on. Like too late for my wife. Oh, okay. But, uh, so yeah, I still watch Castle because you know of uh, Nathan Fillion. It's, a, it's actually a, a pretty enjoyable show. There was uh, the one that last week was had a big sci-fi type theme to it. Uh, they, they were investigating the murder of someone on a um, a sci-fi show that had been canceled long ago but was still popular, had a loyal fan base. And, you know, it's funny because Nathan Fillion and everything. And so they're obviously referencing not just, um, Firefly, but, you know, also suggestive of like Star Trek and all these other shows that, um, do these brief candles that, uh, so it was, it was, it was funny. And to hear like, you know, some of these lines they gave Nathan Fillion about it where, cause he, he hates the show, right? He's just like, right. that show was terrible. Yeah, so <laughs> right. it, it was
1: really funny to, to hear that stuff. So it was good. Now see, you know, you mentioned that and, and I know I mentioned it on our last podcast, maybe in our last two podcasts. And then Sunday night comes and goes and I forgot to watch it. I forgot to <laughs> T-vote. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah.
0: The, uh, the Firefly. Right. The Browncoats United. Right. Did you watch it? I completely forgot i was just listening to us today and uh and i you said november 11th i was like oh, man. Now your, your mom probably watched it. it she might have yeah i haven't uh, had a chance to talk to her yet about it so. yeah so you know i she guess dvr it. i might ask her if she recorded it well i'm
1: pretty sure that the science channel which is i believe where it's airing will uh be running it multiple times so i'm sure we'll get to see it uh all right, now I got I to gotta thank you for one thing because, uh, you know, between watching, you know, The, the Fringe and Arrow, uh, we, you know, which we've been talking about on here and Revolution and, and Lost Girl and all that, I haven't had a whole lot of time to get back to Sarah Connor, but I did get a uh, a chance to pick up an episode. And and after the uh, lambasting that I've taken uh, from you, it's uh, – I can't even watch Shirley Manson anymore. You know, now I'm not even sure I can watch Sarah Connor
0: anymore. You just you feel too bad, too guilty. Yeah. 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 That's all right. It's, you know, it's, it's, she's a really a different person uh, in there and everything. So you just think of it as two separate. Her her recording career is completely solo from her. Well, you know, it's funny because I was,
1: uh, I was going to make the comment that, you know, she shouldn't quit her day job, uh, you know, implying that I don't think she's that great an actress. And then it just occurred to me, well, she's playing, uh, I don't know, what's her model number? T3000 or whatever. that, 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 you know, just, just like Cameron. I mean, she's not supposed to be completely human and uh right and, and
0: and like cameron i mean i don't i'm not giving spoiler here but you can tell that that's going to be her i don't know if i want to say struggle but i mean because like in order for her to exist she's got to kind of like sell herself as yeah. an, an actual person so just as cameron is trying to kind of like figure out how to at least act human you know like um so kind of struggle with the same issues yeah. but she's a very you know by the end by the end she, I mean she's already a pretty complex fascinating character and uh, she becomes more so like every week you know now show.
1: now the other show I, I saw the pilot for and I and we've got I guess talk uh, about what we want to you know watch next yeah you know, I don't think we've talked about it so maybe we can kind of think uh you know while one of us is talking the other one can think about what show might be a good one to evaluate next but but you know Mike and I interviewed uh, Lexa Doig on the uh, uh liberate podcast and it got me you know interested in her career and you know I started looking at that the show Andromeda which you know I vaguely remember it but not really and then uh I thought all right I'll take a look at the pilot uh, Well, they went five seasons, 22 episodes each, which is rather daunting. But anyway, it's pretty good, though. Yeah, it was on the air uh, along with uh, Farscape, you know, around 1999, 2000, uh, a few years after that. And, you know, it was a pretty cool show. I mean, sort of like, you know, the the, the astronaut that's, uh, you know, I I forget exactly now. but he wakes up and it's like 300 years have passed and, you know, everybody he he's known is gone. And, uh, um, you know, we've got the alien creatures in it, but anyway, pretty cool production. Uh, No, no Muppets. (laughs) But, but the interesting thing, you know, as I'm watching the credits, there's executive producer, Jay Firestone. Right. Yep. So, uh, you know, we've got the lost girl tie in and the Andromeda. So it's one of those shows that, you know, I'm, I don't have time to add it to my queue right now on a, you know, regular basis, but you know, an episode maybe every couple weeks. Uh, yeah. Definitely look like a fun show.
0: Yeah, you can think about that. Yeah, um Netflix is starting to nag me about uh, Warehouse 13 again. Uh, you see that popping up. It's like, you know, the favorites for Wayne, you know, it's like yeah, you know, dude, come on! Yeah. Seriously, you should watch the show. So
1: I don't know, and that was enjoyable. The, and the one Danielle mentioned, what was it? Being human, Is being that, human, right? right? Yeah. Which uh, now that's more vampire-ish, supernatural. Well, no, oh, a, oh, they're different. They're different, right? It's,
0: it's a ghost a vampire and a, a werewolf share an apartment. So okay. I, I I know that's the premise. I've never seen it. Okay. Uh, I know it's supposed to be pretty good. And, uh, you know, like the one, I think we'd said before that the one guy who plays, uh, Alonzo in the, the Titanic episode of Dr. Who is the werewolf. Oh, okay. I think. So Okay. So
1: well, we'll it. talk about it, but that, that's certainly something that we, uh, want yeah. to look at.
0: If we could ever get Ms. Miss, Miss Danielle back on this show, maybe we could uh, watch it, you know?
1: Yeah, and then uh, there were a couple, uh, the, the American Horror Story. Uh, yeah, that
0: looks, I've seen like the commercials for the new season. I'm like, man, that looks actually pretty good. So, yeah, yeah that's. Well, we'll come up with something. All right, well, anyway, why don't we. Put them all in a hat maybe and just pull them ah, out. So good there point. You go. yeah,
1: see? A hat. Or, you know what would be better? Is to have a listener. Send us a voicemail. Tell us what you want us to <laughs> yeah, review. All right, there yes. you go. All right, so uh, let's take a look at a, bit, a little bit of news. And. Uh, you have to be living under a sci-fi rock to not know that uh, uh, you know we're going to have more Star Wars, and that Lucas has confirmed that uh, Toy Story Three writer Michael Arndt's going to write the screenplay for Episode Ooh. Seven. Nice. And uh, you see, that's
0: yes, I knew. I know. I knew they're going to do it right. They're going to find like top top-notch people. Yeah, and, and apparently he's this. a huge fan
1: well, as well.
0: Who isn't? Well, yeah. I'm true. sure there are people out there, but. Okay. You know.
1: All right, well anyway, apparently he's written a forty to fifty page treatment that's gonna bring the saga of the skywalkers uh the force imbibed uh, family comprising Anakin Darth Vader twins Luke, and Princess leo uh to a close in the new trilogy uh said to focus on a new generation of heroes and apparent- you know again you know we were talking uh uh, about, you know, little cameos here. You know, you mentioned uh, in Castle, it wasn't really a cameo, but kind of the reference. So there's there's possibilities of cameos by Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Um, sources have also said, don't discount the possibility that a number of characters from previous Star Wars films could reappear,
0: even the ones that are dead. Well, I know you're talking about Boba Fett. And see, yeah. Boba Fett did not die in the, the Sarlacc pit. So that's a lot of people make that mistake. And they don't realize that Boba Fett gets out of there in in the overall Star uh, Star Wars universe story. Um, so so Boba Fett's definitely going to be back.
1: Okay. Well, we got the writer now. Now there's no director yet, but you know what names popping up? John Favreau. I don't know. That's Brad, Brad Bird. Ah. Okay. That would be interesting. So uh, you know, apparently, you know, insiders saying no choice has been made, but uh and, and I think we mentioned Brad Bird, geez, a couple months ago, one of our first podcasts that he's been working on this top secret sci fi project for the uh, studio. And uh anyway, so he you know, he won an Oscar for Little Miss Sunshine. He used worked on Toy Story Three. So uh and, and he also The Iron um,
0: Giant, The Incredibles, yeah. Man. Yes. That so, bird's got some props. Yeah. So anyway, That'd I'm not sure. Call.
1: I'm not sure how many years away we are from actually going to the theater and seeing it. Uh,
0: uh, they said it first uh, 2015. Okay. Episodes uh, seven will be out in 2015. So, you know, George Lucas got the ball rolling here, and those first three movies are awesome. Uh, the the prequels were okay. I mean, as a Star Wars fan, obviously I appreciate them. My kids really like them. I I like them. They're not bad movies. They're just not the same um i think this is this is perfect you know this is this is fantastic that it'll give you a chance for for new blood um they can just take it they can instead of just being one guy and control you know i think the, the problem was you know it's just the one guy in in control of everything and now you get people who have basically probably been thinking about this for about 30 years yeah. you know what would i do for oh and now these guys probably about my age are like if you get like if you handed over the reins to me, I'd be like, hell yeah, I got some ideas, man. Uh, I've been yeah. thinking about this since I was seven years old, so yeah, I have plenty of ideas. I used to, you know, play out these stories with my little Star Wars figures on the floor of my rooms. So. Right.
1: I mean, it's it's no different than J.J. Abrams with the Star Trek franchise.
0: Right. Yeah. Just so. you get you know you hand it to big fans who are really talented, good writers, great directors, mm-hmm. and you know I think it's going to be. I'm very very excited for this. My kids are are out of their minds because yeah. they were just you know, they, 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 they love the, the clone wars, which is on cartoon network every Friday night. Um, they watch that every week. And so when they heard there's going to be more movies, it was like actually Halloween, you know, we're going around trick or treating. I was like, Hey, guess what? You know? And, and my oldest went just crazy. So it's a very, very exciting time for the star Wars world.
1: Yes. Um, now also exciting times for the CW and, and, you know, we've, I've gone on record numerous times that uh, you know we've gone on board. So that uh, you know, if there are any CW uh, executives listening, uh, you know, we both—I th- uh, wear extra large, extra large for you. Not large, large. Okay, yeah. okay. so uh, you know, and uh, yeah, like adju- supernatural T-shirt maybe, adjustable you know? hat. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, anything would do. But yeah. anything
0: that says Arrow on it would be boss. Yeah.
1: Now we haven't seen this show yet, and again, I think it's one of the ones that maybe at some point we'll get around to watching. But the 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 remake of Beauty and the Beast, and it's done really well. The uh, you know it's been picked up for uh, the back nine episodes, which I believe gives it uh, its second uh, full season order. Or I'm sorry, uh, a full season order of uh, I believe 22 episodes. And you know it's been bringing in around just under two and a half million viewers, and it, it follows the Vampire Diaries on Thursday night, so it's got the strong lead in. But you know, again, it's a new show and and a genre show, and you know it's successful, and uh you know more power to the CW. It,
0: it, it looks good from the the trailers that I see on uh Wednesday nights when I'm watching Supernatural and Arrow, but. Uh... You know? yeah, like the CW. I feel like it was this little gem I didn't even know existed, and all of a sudden it's yeah. like, wow, this is, yeah. this is, I I dig this network.
1: Man. Yeah, all these sci-fi supernatural shows that we didn't know about. Now, the, what I was looking up here, and and uh, you know, Wayne kept talking while I was uh, looking on another computer. You'd mentioned your kids were into the Clone Wars, and and uh, I did send you the picture of that calendar, right, with uh, Katie Sackhoff? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that uh yeah we'll mention that another time Katie Sackhoff and uh Trisha Helfer are, uh got a calendar out that's that's to raise funds for uh you know good cause but it's uh you know it, it it shows them at their best but anyway uh Katie Sackhoff does you know I'm not sure whose voice but I thought I'd seen on uh you know that she does the Clone Wars uh Bo Katan is that you don't, don't, you don't know. watch it. I, I,
0: I watched, uh, I think I got up through episode two and you know, it just got to be too much. Like okay. I can't, I don't, I don't even have that half hour. Saturday mornings is like basically get up, get breakfast and get kids to hockey. So, okay. Uh, so,
1: so basically Saturday morning, you are like the walking dead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that leads us into the last uh, thing that, that we, you know, everybody's zombie crazy these days. And, you know, with good reason, you know. Oh, that was a nice segue. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So, you know, we know The Walking Dead. And I don't know if we've talked about the, uh, I I think Brad Pitt might be in this, World War Z.
0: You know what? I think we mentioned it back in the early episodes. Yeah, back in Uh, June or July, maybe. back when we were wearing shorts still and everything. Yeah.
1: Well, apparently there's now a a romantic comedy called Warm Bodies. And the trailer's out. Uh, I did take a look at it. Um, and it's an adaptation of the Isaac Marlin book, and uh, basically uh, it's it depicts teen romance with a supernatural bent. So Warm Bodies centers on R, a zombie who finds himself in a post-apocalyptic America following a zombie infiltration. He eats human brains to feed on memories, literally, and then after finding his latest prey, he begins to fall in love with the victim's significant other, Julie and uh warm bodies will hit theaters february 1st 2013
0: so uh that's an interesting twist well yeah. it, you know it's it
1: certainly doesn't sound like it's the same old
0: oh yeah zombie definitely. theme that, well you know and that's fine because you get movies like zombieland like shaun of the dead like a lot of the more recent versions even to some extent 28 days later you know they take a different kind of bend like in 28 days later The zombies run. And that's scary as hell because, you know, like usually like zombies shuffle. They're pretty frightening as they shuffle, but you're like, "Ah, I just run really fast to get away from the zombies. But then 28 days later, they they are fully mobile, running and everything. And it's uh, so, but in other words, it seems like they've gone beyond the kind of George Romero uh, archetype of what a zombie should be like. And and now these new movies are kind of adding in different elements to make it, uh, you know, and, and a zombie that is an actual character with thoughts and feelings, thats that would be an interesting take on the the normal mode of storytelling in a zombie movie. Yeah, now you mentioned Shaun of the Dead, and I haven't seen
1: that. In fact, the only one I have seen is Zombieland, and I nearly – Stopped watching that, and I'm really glad I didn't, but uh, one of the podcasts that I've picked up uh, recently is called the Sci-Fi and Fantasy Podcast, and uh, it's about three or four guys that, you know, sound like they're, you know, in, in our age bracket more or less. Uh, you know, and they sit around ours or
0: yours. Well, or mine. Eh, somewhere in between,
1: yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, they,
0: they, I'm sorry.
1: But you know, they, they take a topic. So, you know, one, one week they were just talking about star Wars and, and you know, the original. And then one week they were just talking about alien invasion movies. But yeah. one of the recent ones, they were talking about horror movies and they got on this little tangent about what's the quintessential zombie movie. And Shaun of the dead was certainly one of the ones that, that came up and, it it you know I mean you've seen it right
0: oh yeah okay. many times it's awesome it's okay. funny it's got the cl- anyway, that's what um, Simon Pegg is is fantastic with at least in Shaun the Dead and Hot Fuzz both Shaun the Dead he did zombie movies Hot Fuzz he did cop movies and in a way that they they have fun with it but they don't mock totally the 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 genre you mm-hmm. know it's like if someone who loves zombie movies made a, a funny zombie movie. That's what you get with Shaun the Dead, where it kind of makes, like the one part, you know, that someone says you got to wait for the zombies. Is like, well, yeah, it's, they're not really fast. You know, just <laughs> like, it was just like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, Hot Fuzz, like the the, 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 the kind of the rookie cop is asking Simon Pegg, who's like the older, more experienced cop. He's like, you know, have you ever, you know, jumped to your side and fired both guns and yelled, ah, you know, he's like, no, yeah, just uh, they, uh, yeah, they parody, but they don't. It's it's not like the you know not another teen movie where they completely rip up the genre. They 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 work within the context of it to kind of like poke fun at it a little bit, but also they show the, the genuine love for it. So yeah, check out uh, those movies. All right, well, have to do that. Put uh, it on the list. All of, right, uh, after all the superhero flicks, you got to watch. Actually, move Shaun of the Dead to the top. Watch that first, then like the X Men movies. And then, uh, like, probably, all right, we'll we'll have, I'll have to make the list for you. Okay, that we can, we'll we'll put Sean the, the Dead at the top. That's yeah. your next priority. All right.
1: Um. So, anything else before we uh, jump into this week's episode? I don't think so.
0: All right. Well, I just uh, I do have something to say about the director of this. One, okay. but I'll Wait till we get that. Okay.
1: Back. So this is uh season two, episode five, Brother Faye of the Wolves.
0: D- uh, written by, um. Alexandra Zaron, Zaron. I'm sorry, Alexandra. I am this. I'm I'm a tool. Uh, Zaroni, we'll say. And I'm just too excited about the guy who directed this one, Clark Johnson. Now you probably don't know that name. No, I don't. Clark Johnson was one of my absolute favorite characters on Homicide: Life on the Street. He played Detective Meldrick Lewis right here down in Charm City. On, on homicide and he was there he was one of the few people that started off on that show and 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 was on it through all seven seasons and they did a reunion movie as well um and he might be he, he wasn't the only one um the other one was oh who was the girl she just won the academy award uh melissa leo okay. melissa leo was also uh on it and so i um, very i mean just unbelievably talented cast and so, actually, during the show, like, I, around season four, I think, he actually started directing episodes of Homicide, and then uh, he went on to direct, like, some episodes of The Wire, and he's done a lot of, mm-hmm. of TV. So, when I saw this, I'm like, "What the? what is What is Clark Johnson doing, you know, making a, a Canadian show, sci-fi show? And then I saw that he was actually raised in Canada yeah. as well. So, okay. I think he was born in the States, but um, his parents moved to Canada raised him there, so... And that was awesome. He was, uh, his, his character was was fantastic. Uh, right. Maldrick was was a great character. He and he was he's a, a really really good actor. Brought a lot of depth to the role, and uh, you could see that. I think as I'm, I'm watching, it, I saw some things that were like pretty neat. Uh, director usually in, in television, the director is almost like kind of like a kind of second banana almost. You know, like you think more of like the writer is the important person. Director's just a guy. Who said okay. You Know two shot, all right, now back up, pin. Yeah, you know, well, the other thing is,
1: you know, that they, they very rarely are doing back to back episodes. Sometimes, you know, a, a show might have a different director for every episode, sure. but so, uh, well, I'll, I'll be the first to say it, you know, because we were both pretty lukewarm about, uh, uh, you know, last week's episode, Mirror Mirror. But I gotta tell you, I thought this one was great.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. This This is an awesome episode. I'm a, a big fan, though Mel Gibson is not a. Uh, I know it's not popular now to be a, a fan of Mel Gibson, but uh, Braveheart was a just a awesome movie, and uh, so a lot of this obviously is kind of you know reminds me of like Braveheart. Type oh yeah, stuff. absolutely. Um, All the flashbacks and everything.
1: Yeah. yeah, and and we'll kind of talk maybe talk about those as a chunk. Um, interesting opening scene though, you know and. Uh, they're starting to kind of now deviate away from you know almost uh, I, don't, I don't want to say formulaic opening scenes, but uh, so we got Bo, Kenzie and Dyson strolling down Main Street of uh, of uh, Faytown, and uh, you AKA know right Toronto, yeah. R- r- <laughs> right away, you know one of the things I noticed right away is that they really all seem to be in good spirits, and it's not like this whole you know Dyson needs to love me and you know this kind of. They just seem to be three friends.
0: You know? Yeah, exactly right. Just acting like normal friends, messing around with each other, you know, teasing each other, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, just normal everyday buds. Yeah, and and you know one one of the things you know we've talked you
1: know, a lot about Kenzie's lines and and her comic timing and, and and things like that. She was pretty annoying this week, at least to me. Oh, uh, but this was the one. Wow, this was the one. That wasn't, you know, when she's talking to Dyson, you know, because, because, you know, we, we then find out that they need Dyson's help that, you know, they've got this uh, shirt with blood on it and they need him to sniff it, you know, to see if it's, to see if it's blood. And he said, you know, he tells her, yes, it's blood. And well, we knew that, you know, it's cow blood. And then it hits Kenzie that, dude, you're a police officer. And a police dog,
0: right? You can be your own police dog,
1: <laughs> right? So you know, but but after that, I don't know. There was just something about uh, her this week that that kind of.
0: Well, I mean, she was definitely is a big second fiddle week for for Kenzie for sure. I mean, as this really even Bo is like a supporting character this week? And I, I you know, looking. You know, seeing some of the buzz online about this, a lot of people were kind of critical. Well, I don't say a lot. I saw at least one person that was very critical of this saying, like, oh, you know, he's not the focus. You know, he can't be, you know, Chris Holden Reed can't really hold the show up.
1: Yeah. That was like, what are you talking see, see, about, See, I mean, man? that's the kind of thing that, that, you know, look, as much as I love Bo, I mean – I love Dyson. I love them all. I mean, you know, heck, I, I'd like to see a trick centric uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, really, I mean, I think that just adds so much more. So wow,
0: that's sure. yeah. It's not like he's taking over the show. I mean, he's like got uh, one episode. He's the focus of right. I mean, yeah. did that happen with Kenzie yet? There was no, nah, not was really. One. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Well, maybe last week a little bit with uh, the Bobby Yaga. Yeah, and then... uh, where she kind of takes center stage for a little bit. But um, but yeah, it's like it's just one episode, man. Like. Relax it. Plus, well, well, plus yeah, Chris Holden-Reed's I mean, a uh, hell of an actor, you well, know? And,
1: like- and, I mean, he's critical to the show, I mean, in, in so many ways. Absolutely.
0: So. Though the, the Irish accent didn't really work. Yeah,
1: well, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, you know, the, the, they're startled because this guy jumps Dyson, and the two of them start fighting, and, and, you know, you don't know what's going on. And then uh, uh, Bo hoses them down, and we realize that, uh,
0: yeah, you know. like, all right. I know it's nipping, but where'd she get a hose from? I mean, come on.
1: They were on the street. I mean, <laughs> you
0: know, um,
1: but m- more to the point, I mean, really the whole point of this scene
0: is to get Chris Holden Reed shirt off. Thank you.
1: Okay. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know, there it is. So, uh, well, anyway, so we learn the, uh, you know, the, the guy that has attacked him is, uh, uh. A lifelong friend Caden and uh you know, I finally did see how they spell it C A Y D E N, I believe yeah, it is. That's, that's okay. how um I had it spelled slightly differently, but uh okay, so so you know, clearly they are, you know, friends from way back actually several hundred years. Right. So
0: Yeah. Back in the times and like I said, uh you know, men were men, uh hair was long, but they still wore blue jeans. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Now, why don't we, you know, this is probably the perfect time to talk about the flashbacks because, you know, it's just we gained so much insight into, into Dyson, who, you know, certainly has been referred to as the lone wolf. And, you know, we see that uh, um, the, the interesting thing I thought about the flashbacks is how they were almost devoid of color. Right. You know, I mean, there was color.
0: Very, very, very little. It was almost like a, a kind of like a like through a, a like a greenish filter that they it looked like they filmed everything.
1: Yeah. And, and just, ah, oh, I, I just, it was awesome. I mean, it, it just, I, I'm not sure, you know, what it was about it, but it just really captured me. So, you know, we learned that he was, you know, once this fearsome warrior in the service of a king. We don't, you know, we don't know the the king of Alec. Oh, okay. Right. That's right. They did say they that.
0: Said, yeah. And, and Trick said something that they, I, I tried to write it phonetically. I could find nothing on it. Uh the Vinanak Filar, I th- it sounded like that's what he said, and okay. I couldn't find I got nothing.
1: Well I was gonna say you're a better <laughs> so, man than I. I, um, I. I I heard it but
0: Yeah, I I I poked around a little bit and, and everywhere I looked there, you know, I tried to do up like what's Dyson's um pack and everything and right. It gave me a bunch of websites about vacuum cleaners. So. <laughs> okay. so anyway, so we see, you know, see, we see these scenes and they're,
1: you know, really the, you know, and I think most of us, uh, you know, most of our listeners have seen, you know, documentaries on the History Channel about what combat was like at that time where it was just really brutal. Um, you know, I mean, just really pretty much broad swords and, and yeah. Uh, whatever those big things that were, they had the ball with the little spikes on A the end. Mace. Yeah. And, and, and that it's it just, and the problem was that you, you just wouldn't die. You'd, you'd, you'd lie there and, and eventually die. Sure.
0: Uh, well, that, yeah, no, even up through, you know, World War One, World yeah, War II. True, it's like, true. you know, most people didn't die from getting shot, you know, uh, most of the combatants, I should say, you know, still die from other things, disease and, Whatnot.
1: Right. Um, so, anyway, so we see, you know, just some, some snippets of, of, you know, I think really just to get an idea of what they were up against. And, you know, we, we uh, are introduced to his best friends, you know, Caden, of course, and his, I really, I guess, really even a best, best friend. His Steven, bestie, right. Yeah, Stefan. Stefan, right. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what do we find interesting about him? Uh, Stefan? Yeah.
0: Well, he's a little short to be a great warrior, I (laughs) (laughs) think. But, uh, I mean, you you know, like the minute he gets the summons from the king, you can see kind of where this is going. You know, you you see the attraction between Dyson and uh, Kiara there and, you know, Stefan, and then he gets summoned to the king. And, yeah, it's kind of like it doesn't really go down any kind of unexpected uh, narrative line from that point.
1: Right. Now, I'm not sure if it's just that our memories are bad or whatever, but it, it's. I think we've said this before. I, I I really just didn't remember the details of this. So you you know I eventually obviously you know we find out that it really was a setup, but it seemed like a setup. You know it seemed like uh, you know uh, uh, Chris Holden Reed. Gosh, I can't think of Dyson's character. You know he the way he reacts. You know. He thinks something's amiss. He wants to go and, and he's told, you know, and, and basically Stefan's telling him, you know, there's no greater glory than dying in the service of your king and almost as if he knew he was going to his death.
0: Sure. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that was, you know, <clears throat> I mean, people to an extent still have the, that idea today of, you know, who knows what tomorrow would bring, that kind of carpe diem attitude. But right. back then, certainly when there were numerous, numerous ways you could cap it at, any time, any day. Right, um, but you'd like to think your commanding officer's not deliberately sending
1: you into battle so you'll die and then he can hook yeah, up. Yeah, but with if you your, already
0: have kind of like a fatalistic attitude and, and your your greatest dream is to to die in combat, well that was then this is like the ideal warrior. Who cares about it? I wanna, you know, that's this is how I want to die. I want to die in my terms or whatever. So. Lieutenant Dan. Like Lieutenant Dan, yeah. right, exactly. So Lieutenant Diane.
1: Well, the other, you know, again, the other interesting thing we find out about Ciara is that uh, apparently she is uh, not only a healer,
0: but a trainer of warriors. Yes, right? she uh, is, her mother was uh, Skathak, but, or she might pronounce it Skathak. But there's a whole bit. Do you want, should I go into it now? Yeah, and sure. Yeah, let's go into yeah. it. Okay, so there's actually a, a, a big tie-in now. This is going to be interesting. So okay. prepare yourself. I'm ready. All right. So Skathlack was a uh, – uh, she was a Scots woman, a, uh, and she was trained warriors. And she actually trained our man Cahoolin. If you remember, we talked about Cahoolin when, right. when Danielle was here. He was like the great, great Irish warrior. So as he's training Kahulin um, you know people die um, he sleeps with her daughter he sleeps with her and he sleeps with her sister Apha oh so and and then there's the whole thing with you know the who then he has a son with Apha he doesn't know it remember the son comes later Kahulin kills the son and everything so um so there's there's a couple of tie-ins here right there mm-hmm. there is this potential tie-in actually with Boa's parentage, right? With Kiara as being maybe this kind of, maybe this long lost cousin or something of hers as Apha and Skathach were uh, were sisters. So um, kind of interesting little turn there.
1: Well, another interesting turn, you know, and we've already had one experience with, you know, this mythological character, the Norn. And, you know, we we knew from the last You know, run in with the Norn that that uh, Dyson had made a bargain or tried to make a bargain. Well, now we know what the bargain
0: was exactly. And so, does that resonate? Right? He failed in the past to save his friend because he wouldn't make the deal. So when he does it with Bo, you know, it's it's even more than his best friend. Right? Right. It's the woman he loves. So he's, you know, he's like not going to make that mistake again. Right. No no matter what. And we and we see you know really that motivation behind right. that decision that he made. Right. Now did he walk away pretty
1: quickly? I mean it's you know you yeah, almost, yeah,
0: yeah he scrambled away, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, like, I
1: mean you almost yeah. thought he would stay and you know like well come on can't we negotiate here? I mean yeah. you know let me give you, you know, something else other than my wolf.
0: Yeah. But, the Norn man I, I hate her.
1: Yeah. But uh so yeah so again, you know, it's all of these things, you know, you know, you add one plus one plus one, and then you know, you start to see, you know, how he's, you know, become the
0: the wolf that he is. Well, it's funny because I don't really see him any different. Like, I don't, I don't think he's that much different in your know, present day Canada mm-hmm. than he was back then in in Northern Ireland, right? That he was basically the same character the same you know he's still kind of he's part of a pack but still on his own a little bit um he doesn't think like the rest he doesn't act like the rest and uh you know he makes a decision you know an emotional but a moral decision nonetheless about his friend and leaving the pack so you know i kind of see in one way yes i can see how these events kind of Help make him who he is, but also I can see a really he's kind of the same dude now that he was even back then,
1: right? But but I think we're at least led to believe, uh, prior to Bo's arrival that he was pretty much you know a lone wolf. I mean, you know, I mean, he hangs out with Hale apparently, but you know, that and, and he even says, you know, later in this episode that that you know he does have a new pack, and you know, of course, two of them are human, but you know, that's okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we find out that, you know, that he left the pack for undisclosed reasons, right? That, that you know, the whole idea with wolves is that they generally serve the king until the king dies. Right. And, and, you know, we find out, you know, certainly why, you know, he left um, once he finds out what the king actually, you know, yeah. actually did. And that was interesting that, that uh, um, you know, when he draws the sword to
0: go, you know, kill the king— you know uh, it was like, I'm whoa right. yeah, you, yeah Caden and all these guys are like no no right you know? and so and he's like but wait you know like he's like i'm i'm your boy like right. yeah but the job is to protect the king you know? right. so it's kind of this unquestioning type of loyalty which would have been completely necessary back then right, right? right. you can't have right. people who you know if if you absolutely have to rely on the guy to your right and to your left in order to survive you can't have any whinging you know malcontents in the group Everyone's got to be on the same page, and so you, with that, you have to accept that the, what the king says, you do no matter what. Stefan understands that. I, I he just—I don't know if Stefan understands the reasoning behind the king's decision. You know, I think right. probably he probably did. I mean, he must have known that the king's showing interest in his wife. Well, you know, like it's not like that escapes your notice. You yeah, know? which
1: you know really is. Yeah, I mean, you know, in, in, from modern sensibilities, that, that's just really difficult to grasp but i mean sure what, yeah you know what i also lo- really liked about this scene was you know the the way a that they all stood up to him uh you know that and then when dyson you know well i'm not going to fight my brothers he walks away and they let him go you know i mean it's sure. not you know it's like uh on the one hand okay this guy just said he's going to kill the king um he's not going to fight us but you know, if we're supposed to be protecting the king, why don't they go
0: after him? I think this is code of honor that they have, <laughs> honor among wolves. I right. Guess you could say. right. Um that but if you know. attack the king when we're here, when we are when
1: we're with him, then we'll stop you, but you know. But
0: uh So it's it's yeah, it it interesting to see that for sure. And uh just to get that angle of, of dice and actually just to get some backstory. This is the really yeah. the first backstory we've had on really anyone in this show, yeah. period, yeah, we don't know where any of them really are. If we get little hints, like from Kenzie from Trick, from Bo, hints here and there. But right, we get a little whole... bit
1: about Trick being the Blood King, and you know all that. But right. but this is probably the most extensive backstory we've gotten. Absolutely, um, you know. Now the uh, you know the it seems to have been an episode of setups. You know, you know to follow up with the the King. You know, summoning Stefan. That uh, you know, Caden tells Dyson that that Kiara killed herself with a hand grenade. Well, we assume it was some sort of hand grenade after the king died. Dyson doesn't buy it, right? She wouldn't do that, and and you know, of course, we find out that she didn't. Um, and we eventually, you know, learn that you know that that it's all a setup, anyway. You know, so that he
0: can get the the WMD, right? But there were some good lines there. Some good, you know, classic like. Two guys hanging out. Though it was a little bit maybe over the top, the whole stuff they're going through, like the the arm wrestling. Yeah. And, uh, and the, and, the and howling I, and everything like that. Right. Like, but I did, you know, I, I think the, the
1: the most enjoyable part for me was just, you know, watching Bo and Kenzie's reaction to it all and and, sure. and, and just Bo that you know, it's almost, so that's what guys do? And it's like, well, you know, you. How did you not know that? You, right? you weren't raised in a nunnery. You, you went to a high sports school. Bar? Yeah. yeah, I mean, she went to high school, and you know, a human high school, it sounds like. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure, you know. But, but uh, yeah, it,
0: w- it was funny, though. And um, you know, I loved, uh Caden uh, had a great line, like, you know, he said, so what have you been doing? Well, we made a lot of money. uh Most we spend on booze and women. The rest we wasted. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's a great uh, – that's that's a good Irish-type line. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, anyway, so he shows up, asks help
1: to track down the WMD known as the Mongolian Death Worm. <laughs> I mean, is there a better name for a weapon? Yeah, that's that's classic. That, and then uh, once the we – Mongolian f- Death Worm. Yeah,
0: like the, you picture in your head, like, what is this – like this little glowing worm or something like that? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, you get the Mongolian, you know, you start thinking about, you know, the 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 great Mongol warriors, uh, you know, of the, uh, I don't know my history uh, that well. I don't know what, the 13th century or who knows, you know, anyway, back then somewhere. Um, and then, of course, we find out that it's this uh, old lady that has death ray eyes and a, a little Vizio 8-inch
0: TV or whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah. So. Actually, I guess you know what? I just looked there's like actually I guess a Mongolian death worm. Really? Like there's like pictures of it and stuff. Oh, nice.
1: That's crazy. Uh, well, anyway, so we find out that uh, Cadens now a mercenary and uh you know the the problem is the weapon is at the docks, the docks are controlled by the dark fey, so anytime some, you know, a, and here's where we're starting to get, you know, uh a little cliched, but yeah, you know, everything else was so strong you overlook that aspect.
0: Yeah, there, there, there no question there were some elements of cliche in there for sure. Um the the one I noticed was when um you know, oh when you know they Caden gains uh Velma, <laughs> the Mongolian deathworm, right. and says well, I couldn't have done it without you, you know. Like the the classic, like right. baddie lines. Like, oh, come on! Did he did he really have to say that? Like, yeah, you know, Like ad lib out of that, man. Yeah. Don't don't go there.
1: Yep, and and even before that, remember when uh, you know Bo goes to the arms dealer, and and uh, Dyson and Caden are sitting out in the car. You know, just just like the classic kind of. Buddy cop movie, they're you know on their little stakeout. Caden breaks out a beer, right? And then uh, you know, but and, and Dyson's worried the whole time for her safety, uh, you know. And then finally, you know, he says he's going to go in, and Dyson's, you look, it's you can't. It's dark, fay There are rules. Rules are for suckers, yeah, right. And yeah. he jumps out and helps her, and and he does help her. I mean, there's no doubt. The two of them come out. Uh, she did get, uh, you know, I did like the I forget the arms dealer's name. Uh, Cumberbatch. Oh, Cumber- I remember right, that right, because,
0: right. like, you know, Bandit Cumberbatch is the guy who plays Sherlock. Oh, Sherlock Holmes in, in the new Sherlock. So, oh. like, the name it was easy to remember.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, I mean, you, you like the the first weapon he has. He goes, Oh yeah, I got this in a grab ba- a weapon grab bag or whatever. No, I don't even know what it does. And uh, you know, tell me on a scale of one to excruciating, how
0: how painful is it? Um, so yeah, when, kind of like the uh, you know the the uh, who's a Christopher Guest in um, the Princess Bride, you yeah. Know, like I, I kind of remembered
1: reminded me of that. I'm, I'm continually amazed how many people have not seen that
0: movie. By the way, and not to digress too much. Um, just, I'm always su- surprised how many people have. Like I use when I say lines from that, I expect yeah. like people are just going to think I'm complete. Well, I know like a lot of things I th- say, people think I'm completely nerdy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, most times, like, if I say, I am not left-handed, like, people laugh. And like, right. oh, you know that? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, okay. Well. Now, th-
1: I, what totally came out of left field for me here was after, you know, uh, they get, you know, they they get away, and the next thing we see, Bo has been healing, and I'm making, again, the little finger quotes with Caden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile right. That that you're right that was that was pretty surprising. Right. Even though Dyson offered, right?
0: Uh did
1: he? I think he offered it. Yeah. I mean she's got well, her hand all bandaged up and he's and they're I think it's when they're getting into the car. Me, uh, yeah. I'll take your word for it. Okay. <laughs> um so so you know the two of them they you know they're you know going at it and then they come out the next, you know, whatever. And, you know, there's Lauren Kenzie and Dyson waiting in the liver, living room, like you know, like the uh, the parents waiting up for the uh, the wayward teens. Uh,
0: there's like only one person in this room I haven't slept with. Yeah, oh, good point. That's, and uh, uh, that's 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 an awkward, you know, morning yeah. after. So uh,
1: you know, yeah, that was and, and I guess at this point, you know she's been baking all night and, and the, the whole, you know, again, with Kenzie's lines, but I said, you know, when we started uh, talking about this episode that she was a little annoying and it was just a little,
0: she's just, just a little bitchy, you know? She did have some petulant moments during the show. No, no question about it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you there, but like I said, I mean, I, I just think they, she didn't get like probably her usual number of lines, so they just mm-hmm. give her like these kind of throw-off lines every now and then. Yeah, uh, most of the time, too. Oh, as, you know, as always, being like the counterpoint to to what's actually going on—the kind of the naysayer or whatever. So right.
1: But uh, now we got another twist, and that's Lauren's apparently run away from the ash. Apparently, the word is out that uh, you know all uh, all passes have been. You know, called back and you will be restricted to quarters. And, uh, you know, she just freaks out and goes to Bo and, and and she really does seem freaked out, you know?
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, we had said how this Ash is definitely different from the old one. And Lauren says that straight out. She's like, man, the other one's kind of laid back about a lot of this stuff, but, you know, yeah. not this guy.
1: Yeah. And, and we didn't think the other one was that laid back until we uh, have been introduced to Lachlan. Now, Kenzie's. Not happy Until she finds out What a good baker <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lauren yeah. is And that was funny That was one funny scene When it was the whole uh, Sex scene with uh, With Bo and Caden uh, You know Juxtaposed against You know Kenzie lying on the couch Making all of these What you yeah, think are sexual sounds type noises right.
0: And Right she's, she's eating the cupcake Right, right. You yeah. know Well I can bake more More? You, <laughs> yes You know um, yeah. Well, it, I, you know, I like how when uh, you know when when Bo and and Caden first come out, and they ask Lauren about it, and Lauren goes in this kind of nerdy technical you know discussion of like yeah. who who would do that anyway, yeah. but uh, but Kenzie goes, oh, she just totally took all the fun out of yummy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like,
1: <laughs> and then Bo is like, uh, miss miss your lab much?
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> um,
1: so yeah, that that was pretty good. Um, now. Uh, we definitely, and again, you know, we, we can't get ahead of ourselves, uh, even though we claim that we keep, you know, we really forget a lot of what happens in the rest of season two. Uh, you know, the, the sparks are definitely evident between Bo and Lauren, and you know, again, it's even that, that whole little dialogue about who's going to sleep
0: where, and right, um, which, which perfectly mirrors the dialogue we just saw with uh with uh, Dyson. Kiera and and Dyson uh except and we know where that ended up right exactly it's not not the end it could almost got there, yep, I think uh Lauren did uh brush her breast, against, oh yes, she uh, did absolutely I got Against, against my Lauren notes. as she's walking by, yep. so but that's as that's as far as that yep. went, yep um
1: and at that point, I was surprised that Kenzie didn't put her finger down her throat <laughs> um because she was certainly there uh let's see oh oh the uh well the, you know so they get the worm okay i mean is there anything else uh, i think that's pretty much it with lauren i mean that's yeah again
0: it's it's a like a kind of a minor plot point right that obviously he's going to continue it is this kind of clash between bow and the ash right and this is just kind of like the first warning shot here. And uh, well, the so- other
1: thing is, this is just like the relation, you know, it's like relationships gone wild, you know. The, uh, you know, I mean, the relationship between, you know, Bo and Kenzie, even though it's, it's you know, there's nothing sexual at all, uh, you know, but but that's kind of, you know, tenuous, uh, you know, certainly, you know, Bo and Dyson. Uh, Bo and Lauren still, you know, you know. She says to Lauren, "You know, you're not mad, are you?" Well, why would she be mad? I mean, it's like you're not, yeah. you know, you and Lauren aren't in a relationship. Why should she be mad? Yeah, and there was actually even that scene
0: with Bo and Lachlan, where you're just like, "Am I, am I missing? This? Or is there like a little bit of sexual tension even in this when it's a very antagonistic relationship? But, but yet, it's you know, there's like that kind of it." It's not as overt as the others. Right, but there's that sparring going on between the
1: two of them. Sure. Um, and, and uh, you know, I mean, that was pretty, pretty interesting because, you know, in the, the, you know, the last episode, Bo's come on board that she's going to be his uh, freelancer. Um, and, I mean, look, it certainly has to count for a lot that she brought um, the Mongolian death worm. Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay, Mongolian death worm to Lachlan. Well, Velma. Okay. So, you know, now I guess you could argue, well, what, what else would she have done with it? You know, yeah. Not, not like she wants to... Uh,
0: I would take over the
1: world. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and again, you don't even get the idea that, that Lachlan is that
0: type that, you know, wants to take over the world. So. Well, yeah. Well, because, you know, you think like, you know, she shows up, the Ash. I, mean, I was thinking that as I'm watching, like, he should totally be like, Wow. I could totally take out the, the dark fay with this thing, you know, but he's just like, I'll take care of her. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, really? I mean, you, if you're just handed like this massively powerful weapon you're just going to, so, you know, yeah, I I think there's, there's well more to, to Lachlan. And I've said this before. I think there's, there's more than the superficial kind of, you know kind of like dick that he's uh supposed to be obviously on on the surface that there's there's got yeah obviously there's more to it than that yeah i think he 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 started to really reveal that this episode
1: yeah and i mean for all the posturing that's been going on i mean this certainly can only help her standing with the ash so um yeah no question and she's going to get paid and she's going to get paid uh probably not 160 million or whatever it was she yeah. she bid. well okay
0: here's also something like all right so this incredibly powerful like the weapon of all weapons 160 all million we went for 160 really <laughs> well those are that's like that, the, the those like, are fey dollars yeah i mean like the, the you know the montreal expos cost more than that you know like give me a break man yeah a rod cost more than that yeah <laughs> so the yeah. girls that a rod's waving to good point um not to say that they're you know for sale or anything it's just a reference to his lack of focus in the alcs all right um all right anything else as far as the yeah about the episode there was there's got to be at least one thing okay um well, I just saw, we kind of talked about, like, this importance of brotherhood and family, you know, and we see that, and we would mention how, at the end, he says, I got my own pack, which is just a slight little bit of cheese with that line. Yeah,
1: but see, I didn't, I didn't see it that way. I, I liked the line. Yeah. You
0: know what I didn't like? I liked the little reaction shot of Bo, like, looking up at him, like, oh, isn't that sweet? You know, it's just, like, this kind of, yeah. like, I would rather she just kind of, like, maybe just looked scant or right. anything but instead of like looking yeah. up and make this big dramatic thing uh because the the reaction shot seemed a little bit like like too sitcommy almost like yeah. like we're gonna hug or something but uh but we said before like this is a family right this is more than just a bunch of people yeah Hale, trick dyson kenzie bo they're a family and, right and the, you know what he refers to as a pack is essentially the same thing right um you know there's also this idea about like Trying to escape your past, right? Because you, you can't, and and we saw that. How many times have we seen that so far? Yeah, you know, on on the show, right? That, so who's trying? I mean, uh, Dyson. Well, I mean, not necessarily escape your past, but like you know, you try to move on, right? And it doesn't happen, or or come to terms with your past at right. least. But right. uh, so like you know, Dyson wants Bo to move on, mm-hmm. and she's trying to, but it's it it just it's really not happening, right? She's still when they show. And then they you know the van, they had that shot where you got Dyson on the you know the the left half of the shot and Chiara on the right mm-hmm. and, and then Bo right in between and we've seen this shot done before on right. the show. Um and so you, you see there's there's tension there still. So she yeah. she isn't able to leave that behind. Chiara was not able to leave Dyson behind. Right. Right? After how many hundreds of years that she runs right into
1: his arms. All right, which begs the question, her. why'd she marry Stefan in the first place? You know, you wonder if you know, you know and, and probably because Dyson never
0: asked. Or yeah, or you know, as is as it relates to our, our biblical story, she made she met Stefan first. And yeah. he was Mr. Wright and then she met Mr More Wright. Yeah. But still, you know, she didn't yeah, you know, it was just a
1: little bit of flirtation back then. Yeah, but but no, but but you make a good point. I mean, I think that's one of the uh, really strengths of this episode is that it reinforces the whole pack nature, you know, of of our
0: our crew here. Right, and and you have like the pack where you have to swear loyalty to, and you know what is it in? It was it Hamlet, like Hamlet in the beginning, like where you know let's let's make an oath and like oh no 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 Julius Caesar. Uh, when the, they're the pl- I, I just get nerdier by the second. Right. But, you know, like the, all the conspirators are, are, let's you know, Cassius says, let's make an oath. And Bruce is like, no, you know, if, right. if you have right. to make an oath, that Right, shows then our you're, our you're- cause isn't that noble. Exactly. Right. And it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Like, well, you got the one king, you have to make an oath to swear loyalty to him. Or you have these people who it's just naturally, you'll naturally be loyal to them no matter what. You don't have to say, this doesn't need to be any kind of pact or, or contract or anything. Here are our, our people that you will go to the farthest ends of the world for and nothing needs to be written down it right. just is because that's these are your buds right set against the the
1: all the rules of the fae community they don't have rules you know it's right. like like what you're saying that, that they just know instinctively you know what to do and what's right to do so yeah pretty cool all right so do we have uh well, first of all, do we have a name for this segment yet? No, or it
0: will still be, I'll call it Segment X. <laughs> segment X, I like it. <laughs> right now. Okay. Until, again, like I said, someone out there, come up with something, let me know, a better name for it. I'm, I'm, I'm willing. I'm yes, too our, lazy to think of one and, on my own. And our website
1: is com. and the little voicemail thing is over to the right. Just click it, record it. Hit send, and we'll get it as
0: an MP3. And anyway, all right, all right. Just you know, don't do it. Don't say anything that's going to get us the explicit tag, though. Yeah. All right, but we do have a couple of things to discuss in segment X. Uh, we talked about the the Kings of Alec, uh, which is actually an actual kingdom in uh, in County Donegal in uh, in Northern Ireland. Uh, Donegal is actually part of the Republic of Ireland, but it is in what is called is part of Ulster. Um, and uh, I could, you know, I was actually in Donegal for probably about twenty four hours, and it uh, was forever changed by the experience. Um, but no, it was it was it was a really a, a wild time that okay. was re- really crazy. I learned a couple things that
1: college days or uh,
0: post college, okay. buddy of mine went uh, there for. Just kind of touring around Ireland for about a month, and uh, we spent the night in Donegal. It was it was fun, man. Met some, a couple of dudes from Boston who were who were pretty funny guys. Um, went to some park out there where I realized that when you know cars pull up in Northern Ireland, you shouldn't give them the finger. Good point. Um, <laughs> and uh, so a lot of lessons were learned there. But uh, but yeah. Donegal, fun place. Kings of Alec, that's where they're from. So this was an actual kingdom. Uh, With that, there's some more Irish uh, uh, history referred to here. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Caden directly refers to the Fenian Revolt of 1867, which is their number of risings in Ireland. And the Fenian one was notable in that, not It wasn't notable in the fact that it failed, because they all failed. Notable in that what happened is a lot of Irishmen emigrated to the United States specifically to come and fight in the Civil War in the 1860s. Um, and then when the Civil War ended in 1865, they went right back to Ireland to train people in military tactics and, and how to fight and everything, and, and were able to bring their guns with them. As well, they didn't have a lot of guns, but they mm. had some. So there were a lot of these guys, these veterans of the Civil War, who actually went to fight in the in the Fenian Rising, which is uh, pretty interesting. Um, and actually, also part of the Fenian Rising occurred right here in North America as well. There were uh, a a group that was formed in the United States that raided and actually took over a Canadian fort in uh across the niagara river i believe it's niagara river um you know launched their attack from new york crossing into canada took over fort held it for a little bit before they were beaten back by the uh the i guess the british army the militia there so um yeah that's the uh the the a, an irish uprising occurring right here in north america all right um Caden also mentions that he did some Germans arm running. I think in 1915, and that's also in the the big rising. Obviously, for Ireland was the 1916 uh, rising, which again, it, in and of itself, it was a failed rising. But part of it was that it was supposed to come in concert with a. Um, they, they tried to get the Germans to also invade Ireland at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, World War One was happening at the time.
1: Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that uh, you know, that Ireland was really involved, you know, in the war per se. I mean I mean at that point England was already in the war.
0: Sure. Yeah. And and they were getting Irish boys to, to, to go and, and volunteer and mm-hmm. um and fight. And so part of it was I mean, there was at first when the rising happened, there was there there was a lot of resentment against them specifically for that reason Mm -hmm. my sons are over there in europe dying for britain and you're here raising trouble back home first of all why aren't you out there secondly you know why are you causing trouble and then they executed all the leaders that took place took him out to command jail put him against the wall even james Connolly, who was all shot up he was dying anyway the guy couldn't even walk they strapped him to a chair and shot him um and as soon as they did that what did they do? They create all these martyrs, and and it totally changed around uh, Irish nationalism at the time. These guys first, at the time were seen as like kind of the kooks of the lunatic fringe. Very similar to what happened in the seventies in Bloody Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, you create martyrs, and you create a, a movement, and, and and look what happens, you know. Um, so, but that was yeah, that was a real thing that they really and they so they had a whole shipment of German arms that was coming to Ireland, uh, but the the boat got captured uh, the guy who was supposed to uh this guy roger caseman had actually i think taken a submarine um, and had then gotten to shore in ireland he was an irish guy but had been negotiating with the germans he got to ireland and he got arrested the arms never got there so it's just kind of indicative of, of how most uh you know irish risings go so that's an actual thing okay all right so we talked about Scallic. Um, next, we got uh, David Bathsheba and Uriah, which is the, the biblical story of David, who sees Bathsheba bathing and is, you know, immediately lust for her. They have sex. She gets pregnant. And then later, David finds out that this guy, Uriah, who's like one of his boys, one of his bodyguards, is her husband. So uh, So he says, Uriah, you know, you need to go home and take some time off. Go home, see the wife. You know, go have sex with your wife, so that when she has a baby nine months from now, you'll think it's yours, right? But Uriah is too honor bound by his to to leave, so he says, "I'm going to stay and and serve my king, who's who's David." Okay, and so David says, oh okay, well, he's not going to leave. All right, well, let's put him on the front line of the battle, and then when he walks forward, everyone else kind of hang back, and so of course Uriah gets killed, and then the prophet Nathan then rebukes david for this and and says you know bad bad king and everything so uh, but uh ba- david and bathsheba actually the the child from that union dies but their next child is king solomon hmm. so, right. um, so so we obviously see the tie in yeah, with yeah. tonight's episode there's a strong tie in yeah um the last thing
1: It'd be interesting is, if there's uh a, a child that ends up uh you know in this whole story yes right 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 yeah, yeah.
0: if uh yeah we'll have to see because as I said, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> um, and then last we got the Mongolian death worm. Is it, it? It is a. It's a cryptid. In other words, it's like the Loch Ness monster. It's something that yeah, people was, say they've seen. And yeah, I was looking at it over here on the uh, on the okay. other computer. You pulled it up, all right? Yeah. So um, so it's it's one of those things that people say, but you know, it's something that you you touch it and you die instantly. It, the the pictures that you know, they have of, of artist renderings of what it looks like it looks pretty pretty scary uh, like a, a a worm with a goofy mouth. Well, it looks like
1: that that worm that was one of the first season X Files episodes. Yeah, see, I didn't uh, even want to say okay, that because right. now yeah. well, you already said I, it I in an be earlier episode. Right. Now. So.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's supposed to live in, in the Gobi Desert, Mongolia. Plain Mongolians will tell you it's there, but they're actually probably just trying to drum up tourism. Um, I
1: did see there was a film, The Mongolian Death Worm. Seriously? Apparently it went straight to DVD. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. But, uh, yeah.
0: So, yeah. So that that, that is uh, what I have for all right. the X segment. All right.
1: No, segment X. Segment X. All right. Um, all right. Now, did you have any thoughts about uh, what we might want to take a peek at next time?
0: of all the things we've i mean we, we uh, mentioned uh, whatever we want to go with those if if we can get uh danielle here we we can do being human if not yeah
1: i think we need to wait
0: till we have uh, we let's, actually, let's say America, you know like tan back in the day said uh american horror story didn't she recommend yeah. one of those so yeah, yeah let's, let's let's American horror out, story. Yeah, let's check out the pub for american horror story. all right there it is there you go all right so uh I hope it's not that good because I don't want to pick up a new show right <laughs> now.
1: <laughs> well, you know, that it, to be honest, thats uh I mean, that's the one nice thing about football season. There's only one game a week that I need to pay attention to. Right. Um right. So I do have a little bit more time, but uh, I think I mentioned to you at work the other day. Geez, I had that one day where I felt guilty because I didn't watch any TV. Yeah, as well, you should have felt guilty. I know, think. and that's, I did. That, I, you know, I carry that guilt with me that, to this that's, day. That's crazy. So, all right. Well, anyway, that's been uh, season two, episode five of Lost Girl, and and again, you know, you know go to the website. You know, click the link. Give us a voice, you know, just a couple minutes. You know, look, we know you have ideas about the show. And there there's, you know, some of you that I'm sure are watching it for the first time or or you, you know, you you've uh you know, even if you've seen, you know, you get the idea. Don't, you know, you know, spoiler alert and all that. But uh or if you want to type us out something, fatalist at gmail.com. Um,
0: or even if you do something with a spoiler you know maybe we won't play it just now but once the the spoiler has been realized we can you know we'll play it then but like i said you're almost guaranteed to to hear your words or your voice on the internet yes so all right until next time
1: i got nothing